we believe that the word martyr uh, literally means a witness and by protecting people uh, we are making them living martyrs for Christ because they then live to tell the story another day across the world today millions of christians are persecuted they face oppression imprisonment displacement and even death simply because of their faith in jesus christ these courageous believers are our brothers and sisters we're in this together with them and we need to hear their voice join host laura as we discover their stories today on release international's voice podcast After telling his disciples that he was sending them out as sheep among wolves, Jesus challenged them to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. In the face of persecution, Christians are not meant to be simply passive. With the wisdom that God gives, we can think strategically about how best to respond to persecution, both after and before it happens. On today's podcast, I'm speaking to Release International partner, Asif, from Mordecai Ministries International. Inspired by the biblical character, Mordecai, Asif's ministry looks for opportunities to positively intervene before the worst effects of persecution take place. Listen in as we discuss Asif's own background growing up as a Christian in Pakistan, the inspiration behind his ministry approach, and how it is making a difference in the lives of individual Christians and Christian communities across the world. Welcome, Asif, to The Voice podcast. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. You work for Release International's partner, Mordecai Ministries International. One of the specific projects you run is called Operation Philip, which in certain specific circumstances helps to relocate Christians whose lives are in immediate danger due to persecution. We're going to be hearing a lot more about that next month when you visit a number of our supporter churches across the UK. And we also have an online version of those events on Monday, the 28th of February, for those who aren't able to make it in person. And listeners can find out more about that on our events page of our website at releaseinternational.org. But today we're going to have a slightly higher level discussion about the motivation behind your work. But before we get to that, it would be great to hear about your own background. You were born and brought up in a Christian family in Pakistan. So you've had some very direct experience of facing those challenges because of your faith. So can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, yes, growing up in Pakistan, uh, I went to obviously school, college and university there. And uh, uh, most of my class fellows, pretty much all of my teachers, uh, they were uh, Muslim. And uh, one of the incentives for many of them was to try to um, convert me to Islam. And uh, in some ways, it's sort of like a soft uh, persecution that you are having forced to uh, constantly uh, defend your faith, and uh, at times uh, it, it it can be uh, it can be quite difficult uh, that you want to focus on other things in life than to all the time trying to uh, defend your faith and trying to give reasons that why you uh, cannot convert to Islam. Uh, so I went through some of those experiences, and at times when um, because of the blasphemy law, I I had to be very careful what I say, but still. Uh, I I was uh, always on mindful that I could be if I if I say something, 
that is not liked by uh, the people questioning my faith, then they can uh, accuse me of blasphemy, uh, which carries a mandatory uh, death sentence in, in Pakistan. And so, um, yes, it was not always easy, uh, but I praise God that God sustained me in my faith and even strengthened it uh, as a result of it. That's good to hear. And out of that experience, um, you have a ministry which is called Mordecai Ministries International. And for those of our listeners who are familiar with the Old Testament, that name will probably ring a bell. Mordecai was one of the prominent characters in the story of Esther. And the name of your ministry is inspired by that story. So can you tell us a bit more about that connection? Uh, yes, because I, I feel that uh, for the most part, our response usually to persecution is uh, very uh, reactive. Uh, we, uh, we try to support persecuted Christians pretty much after the persecution has already taken place, after churches are burned to ground, after Christians are killed, pastors and evangelists, and their wives become widows, their children become orphans. And then we go in and help rebuild their churches, uh, set up uh, or orphanages, and skill center for those widows. Uh, but I realized that in, in the biblical uh, context, we find examples where God's people uh, tried to preempt uh, persecution. Their, 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 their response was more uh, of a proactive uh, response than just the reactive one. And as I started to dig into that, I realized that, the, that I can come up with many examples, but the prime one that immediately comes to mind is that of Mordecai in the book of Esther. Because if Mordecai had also decided for the reactive approach that let the persecution take place first, and then I will do something about it, we all know that there was not uh, going to be anybody left to be supported afterwards uh, because Haman had decided to get every Jew killed in the land. And that's the reality of the situation with many of our brothers and sisters today in the Middle East, in North Africa, in other places, South Asia, Southeast Asia, uh, that they need uh, a Mordecai approach, a, pre, uh, a proactive approach uh, to make sure that their Christian witness uh, continues uh, to be uh, ongoing instead of uh, uh, leading to a complete uh, silence of Christians there. So that's where I, I, I felt led by the Lord uh, to set up this uh, ministry uh, called MMI or Mordecai Ministries International. That is really interesting. And uh, we're going to dig a bit deeper into that now because you use the term strategic intervention to describe some of the work that that ministry does. So can you tell us more about that? What exactly is strategic intervention and why is it important? Yes, uh, the intervention that uh, Mordecai undertook um, uh, was a strategic intervention uh, he strategically intervened in that situation by talking to the queen and the queen was able to talk to the king, the decision maker, and the decision maker eventually was uh, led to do the right thing. And then the plot to kill the Jewish people was thwarted. And I believe that even today uh, there, I, I see Christian members of the parliament in the UK or Christian members of the US Congress and Senate and members of Christian uh, Christian members of Parliament in in uh, many many countries around the world, uh, they are uh, potentially uh, esters for me. So me being a very much a Mordecai in my own right, I try to liaise with them. I try to work with them, 
and so then they can talk to the king or the decision maker which in today's context will be uh, president or the prime minister of a country and by working together in this way uh, we are able to avert uh, tragedies uh, for uh, christian communities around the world and we had many uh, many such uh, success stories in which we were able to uh, to stop the persecution before it takes place and as a result we were able to save very precious lives of those christians because we we uh, believe that the word martyr uh, literally means a witness and we believe that we by protecting people uh, in this way uh, we are making them living martyrs for christ because they then live to tell the story uh, another day uh, and that's that's what the, is very much within the uh, mandate of uh, uh, strategic interventions undertaken by Mordecai Ministries International. That is great. And you mentioned there um, that you've got lots of examples. So can you share some specific stories um, of your work where this idea of strategic intervention has been effective? I can give uh, many, many uh, communal examples as well as as personal examples. Um, I can give you the example of a lady uh, who came to know the Lord from a Muslim background in one of the largest Muslim countries in the world. And then uh, the family tried to hunt her down. She eventually managed to flee the country, found a Christian husband, and God blessed her her with uh, two children. And eventually in one of the Gulf countries where she was working, uh, the family did find out where she is. And then they threatened her that unless uh, she converts back to Islam, uh, they will kill both of her children. And uh, I, I thought I I can just uh, pray for them and um, wait for the inevitable to take place and then try to do something about it, or I can strategically intervene, uh, just like Mordecai did and do something about it. Uh, now, so that's where we we uh, we praise God that eventually I managed to move them uh, to a safer country where they are safe, uh, and uh, and but when they got there. Uh, they found out that uh, that in the local church where they were worshiping, that uh, there were some people, some ladies in that church who went to uh, to Jordan on a mission trip, and uh, in, after the trip they were so uh, much uh, touched uh, by the culture and the food and the, uh, all all sorts of things, and so they were very impressed, and they were almost like uh, saying that we we feel that the way they 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 love their uh, their uh, community with each other, the respect for the elderly, the looking after of the younger ones. And uh, and we feel that uh, what they have is better than what we have. And so they were thinking of converting to Islam. So this dear sister that we managed to send there, uh, she uh, try, decided to tell her story to them. And when she explained her reasons why she loves Jesus so much, those four ladies uh, dis- said that we had no idea how precious it is that that we have in Jesus Christ and we're not going to uh, convert to Islam. So, um, yeah, that's just one example of a a strategic intervention we did, uh, saving the life of a dear sister from a Muslim background and her husband and her two children and helping them become living martyrs for Christ in the new context, in the new country where they are today. And we have uh, now dozens of such examples in the last few years uh, since this uh, work is being developed of uh, uh, of MMI. Yeah, that is fantastic. And I think, 
you know, this proactive approach is something that we don't always hear about. Um, and that's something that's really coming through there of, of how beneficial that really is to these situations. On today's podcast, I'm speaking to Release International partner, Asif from Mordecai Ministries International. We've discussed his own background growing up in Pakistan and the inspiration behind his ministry. But keep listening as we go on to discuss more stories of how his work is making an impact. And we'll also learn how we can best pray for our brother Asif. I wonder if you could tell us anything else about those specific stories. You know, there's been mention of changing the language in school textbooks. Does that apply at all to something that you've been working on? Uh, yes, that's another project we did uh, because we realised that uh, in, in, for example, in Pakistan, uh, the in the Punjab text board, book board, uh, Punjab is the largest province in Pakistan. 65% of the population in Pakistan comes from or lives in Punjab. And that's where the uh, more than 95% of the uh, Christian community lives. Uh, and, uh, and the textbooks are usually uh, have a very derogatory and belligerent material against Christianity. Uh, things like that Christians are, are pagans because they believe in three different gods, questioning uh, the deity and the divinity of Christ, uh, and, and not including any contribution by Christian heroes in that country who contributed hugely uh, to the creation and the development of Pakistan. So we uh, found out that the money that was given to publish those books was given by the Canadian government through uh, CEDA, Canadian International Development Agency. So we decided to do another uh, strategic intervention uh, by contacting some members of parliament in Canada and we raised this issue with them and then they said that they will investigate uh, our um, our findings. And after their investigation, they came back to us and told us that, uh, yes, you are right. And so we said to them, look, uh, yeah, how can uh, Canadian taxpayers' money be used to create uh, belligerence and bigotry against uh, Christians in Pakistan? So a very strong letter was written uh, to the Pakistan government. Uh, by the Canadian Parliament, by the Canadian members of Parliament who told them uh, that we uh, are very concerned that our taxpayers' money that we gave you uh, is not being appropriately used and you need to revoke these hate-filled books uh, and publish new ones. And uh, I believe last year uh, there were changes made in Pakistani textbooks as a result of that. So that was uh, one of the other uh, strategic interventions that we took uh, that yielded uh, the, the desired outcome, uh, a positive outcome as a result of it. Be because of that, the, uh, the, the hatred that was going to be further created uh, uh, against Christians uh, that could lead to the violence, we were able to stop that to a certain degree uh, ahead of time as a result of uh, the intervention that we undertook. And I'm sure there are longer term benefits to this kind of work. So do you see Christian communities gaining confidence and do you see greater understanding developing in people who were previously hostile because of the work you've been doing? Uh, yes, absolutely. We, um, uh, I'm, have, I'm quite active on, on Facebook. I run various Facebook uh, uh, forums with um, thousands or tens of thousands of people part of those forums. Uh, and I also have a have reasonably large following on 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 my personal 
uh, account. And I have seen that about 10 years ago when we started this work, uh, when we will post something else about the legitimate rights of Christians in Pakistan, we found that uh, 70% of the Muslims uh, will oppose that and say, no, um, I, you can't say this by asking for your legitimate rights. Uh, in this way, you are trying to bring a bad name to Pakistan. You are trying to malign Islam and so on. But after 10 years of hard work, that has been reversed. Now, 70 the awareness that we were able to create in this way, uh, I believe that more than 70% of the Muslims today, uh, they stand with us. They say, you are absolutely right. Uh, by mistreating our religious minorities, mistreating Christians in this way, is actually what is bringing bad name to Islam in Pakistan. And we are we support your cause. We are with you. And I think that that was a, a huge uh, a change in the mindset of the people uh, as a result of uh, the constant efforts that we uh, made for uh, developing uh, that uh, uh, awareness through this social media outlet. And then just coming on to that point about social media, I understand you have a large following and that you use your Facebook page very much as a platform for ministry. How can people find you on there? Well, I'm very easy to find people. I have to just basically put my name in um, in search, uh, Asif Mal, and uh, they can then contact me um, uh, through a Facebook Messenger. And uh, then uh, they can let me know about uh, how I can be helpful uh, if there is any particular situation that need my help. And then I will do uh, everything possible uh, within my means to make sure that I I try to glorify the Lord in that situation. That's great. Thanks so much for joining us today, Asif. I'm sure our listeners have been intrigued and I would really encourage everyone to try and get to one of those in-person events with Asif next month. He is travelling all the way from Surrey to Inverness with several stops in between. And if you can't make those events, then please do join our online version on Monday, the 28th of February, which you can register for through Eventbrite. Again, details of all of that is on our events page on our website, releaseinternational.org. But before you go, Asif, it's been great to speak to you today. Could you just tell us how can we pray for you and for your ministry? Uh, I believe that uh, there are many people around the world who need uh, a Mordecai-style strategic intervention. Uh, but with our limited uh, financial as well as uh, human resources, we are not able to help everyone at this point. I will ask uh, that our brothers and sisters listening to this podcast, that they pray for us, that God will provide both human as well as financial resources. Uh, so enabling us uh, to do more and do more often uh, for the strengthening and expanding of God's kingdom around the world and especially some of those who are in life-threatening situations and that we're trying to move to a place of safety uh, please pray for wisdom and provision that we're able to move them uh, before long and uh, that's uh, that that's all i would like uh, our viewers to to pray for me and thank you so much for having me laura on this podcast it has been a pleasure thank you for speaking to us today asif we will be praying for you in your ministry Asif's work is motivated by his passion to preserve living martyrs for Christ. 
And that presents an immense challenge for those of us who live in the relative freedom of the UK. The opportunity to witness for Jesus is right in front of us every day without the need for costly relocation or emergency political intervention. Are we making the most of our opportunities? Thank you so much for listening to The Voice podcast. Please do subscribe for your favourite podcast app so you can stay connected to the voice of persecuted Christians. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast too, so please do share your comments with us. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. And if you would like to attend one of those in person or the online event with ASIF later in February, then please do check out our events page on our website for all the information. Releaseinternational.org Remember those who are in prison as if you were in there together with them, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Do not abandon them, 